Thank you for tuning in to Beshert Yisrael, bringing the good news of Yisrael to all. Here is your host, Shali Ak Yeshai Van Koren. Shalom, like Judaism, Christianity will perish. And you may ask, how, why? Listen, belief in the Mashiach started with thousands of Jews in Yerushalayim worshipping Yeshua ben David. The Rambam explains that the daily recital of the Aseret Hadibrot is because they are the most important part of our religion and its basis, and I agree indeed. Sadia Gayoni goes so far as to claim that contained within the Aseret Hadibrot are allusions to each of the 613 mitzvot. The title of Aseret Hadibrot is inadequate. For these are indeed seeds that flourish unto the fruit of justice. At Aseret Zerim is a better pronouncement for it reconciles both the origin and the destination of the Ten Commandments. And in speaking of the Ten Seeds, the Talmud gives light to those who attended synagogue in the temple or Bias Hamikdash, stating of the followers of the Mashiach, They recited the Ten Commandments, the Shema, the sections, and it shall come to pass if ye diligently hearken. And, and the Lord said, True and firm, the Avodah and the priestly benediction, Rav Judah said in the name of Shemuel, Outside the temple also people wanted to do the same, but they were stopped on account of the insinuations of the Minim. The term Minim is an acronym for Mashiach Yeshua Hanatzari, those who believe that Yeshua ben David is the Mashiach. Modern Judaism changed from the root and seat of desires of the fathers. The grandson of Rabbi Gamaliel was nominated as leader of the Beit Din in Yavne, the new central point for Judaism. He formulated the prayer of the Minim, which was added to what is known as the 18 benedictions because those that followed the Mashiach did as he taught when he stated, For salvation is of the Jews. They sought the headship of Yehuda. Then the destruction of the Be'ez Hamikdash or temple came and the sheep scattered. And the words of Hashem fell into the hands of the Goyim. And for a short while the Goyim fellowshiped with Jews who had no partition between either as they were all led by faith to their reconciliation in Aliyah. But the Jews were persecuted for their beliefs, customs, knowledge, and positions. And within 400 years they were told to drop their customs and culture, their knowledge and beliefs. The Zimoni Hagoyim, or times of the Gentiles, were in full effect. What should we liken the times of the Gentiles to? Let me tell you a story. The times of the Gentiles are like a young boy who was caught in his village stealing from the king's baker. The previous week the king's court had planned a meeting to discuss the justice of the kingdom, and so the baker and the candle maker were both commissioned that they make their best for the sake of justice for the peoples. And the candle maker created the most beautiful ornate candles to last until the seventh day. And likewise the baker kneaded and baked the most precious and rare breads to feed all the court, and a double portion for the seventh and final day. Now the son of one of the elders was upset with the king and his laws and would say so on many occasions. And one morning he woke and smelled the bread baking from his room in the castle. And so he ventured to the baker's kitchen and sneaked in with a sack to take what was pleasing to his eye. And he took all the bread, and in his running took the sack he carried, filled with many luxurious breads, and placed it over his shoulder. 
The sack was so large when it swayed in his pace it nearly pulled him over. He leaped over the barrier wall of the castle and he wobbled beyond the outer court. He passed beyond the living brook while holding the council bread above his head. And he scurried into deep wood and he gained more speed. And he ran most of the night into the deep dark hollow, a wood where few returned from and even fewer spoke of. He ran so far he collapsed in the early hours just outside a small hamlet. And when the morning came, he found himself sitting on a chair, waking to faces he had never seen prior. There were many townsfolk staring at him and many going through his bag of splendid breads. Where is he from? We have been starving for so long. I say we eat the bread, a woman said. Let the boy go and we will divide it, a man shouted. So they took the boy's fine clothes and jewelry and sent him out in the street with an undershirt. And they handed out the bread to share and to feast on. Each home took some, and when they met in public, they discussed of which was the best. The boy wandered the streets wondering which direction his home may be, and if perhaps he would receive a sign. And upon seeing the villagers who took the bread, he told them the tale of where he was from and what the bread was for, but they scoffed and pushed him aside, and he told them of his father and that he will come for him, but they laughed and said, Tell him to bring us more bread, for we have devoured what you had, and yet we are still empty. The morning came when dark hit the town, and the king rode in on a white horse. His guard dispatched the villagers, and the son returned to his father's side. There was a man in the town who told the squire that he had eaten the bread, but heard of its purpose and gave up what he had, for he knew it to be sacred. And so he desired to be a part of the king's kingdom, and he was welcomed in. When they left and returned, the town was burning and the townsfolk lay in ruin. The times of the Gentiles are perceived in every church as the pinnacle of the knowledge of God and his plans for the world. Preachers and pastors alike pontificate and bloviate the message of the prophets of Ahab. The truth is, you are living in Babylon the Great, and this is the low point in both the wisdom and understanding of God and his plans for the world. The weakness of the Tav has permitted what is sacred to fall into the hands of the profane, and what is holy to be trampled under the foot of the beasts of the wilderness. As the master told the woman looking for water, you commit service to that which you do not know. We commit service to what we know, or as Shaul stated in his letter to Rome, the Greeks seek wisdom and the Yehudim a sign. Why isn't it the other way around? Because Greeks are far off. You would think the Goyim would seek their headship under Yehuda like Nathaniel who was a Yisraelite without guile, and he stood under the fig tree of Yehuda's headship. But like Ahab and his band of false prophets, the Goyim, their pastors, their shepherds, their prophets have no masters. And when slavery and the wrath of Elah comes, they will perish. For Christianity is a chasm, a cult with no root nor no end. They claim kinship because of the gates of Teshuvah. Their masses huddle around the Mizbiah or altar, thinking that the gift of deliverance is all there is. For days they carry on, but trust is not accounted for without its fruit. Abram became Abraham when his trust was counted in its fruit, and this is why it does not state that his Amon or faith was counted as righteousness until his trust was fulfilled by his actions. 
But the nations have no righteousness of their own, no justice, and this is why Elah comes with wrath so that he will chase Ephraim home to the one place he placed his name, so that the bread of faces may be eaten in the lights of the seven lamps. Christianity did away with Judaism so much so that it had to invent a new ending called the Rapture. This is because the Neveh or prophets state those who belong to El will return to the one place and keep the Torah as was the plan from the very beginning, that Eden would receive her promise through the river of wisdom and the law that was given. But again the Goyim could not have this ending, so they erased it and created their own but the nations will perish, all but Yisrael. There are only twelve gates into the great city, and those gates which are pearls before the Aliyah over the depths are labeled of the twelve tribes of Yisrael. No one will be on earth who does not belong to those tribes. All will be erased, for the light of El will only recall that which gave esteem to the throne. This is why the prophet Zechariah states, And if the family of Mitzrayim go not up and come not that have no rain, there shall be the plague, wherewith El will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. Babylon is about to perish, return. There is more to deliverance than the offering given. This is why those of Yisrael ask the Master, Is this the time you will restore the kingdom to Yisrael? All Yisrael will be saved. Notice Sha'ul did not say all Yisrael and the church will be delivered. The Goyim are grafted into the root under the tree which is led by Yehuda. I was born to give glory to he that sent me. I am a witness to his coming, and his rod will not spare nor his staff not subdue. He is great from the beginnings of the earth, for the earth was created by him for the sake of the Aleph. He is the king of the god kings who prepared his way as Malachim. Today, if you hear my voice, come to me that I may prepare the way of ascension in its gates before the land of promise. Slavery and plagues are coming. Heed to the words given me. Babylon has fallen and her courts lie desolate. If you are interested in hearing more from God in this time of uncertainty and peril, please subscribe to the Pshirt Yisrael podcast. Each Sabbath, Shili Akyashai will speak from the Tanakh in the hopes that those of his flesh and those in exile will hearken to his voice, crying out in the wilderness. Thank you for listening. Shalom. We at Yeshiva Keter Hakaim would like to invite you to shul under Shaliat Yeshai Van Kurin to study the Torah. Please visit www.yeshivakaterhakaim.org for more details. Thank you and Shalom.